The Public News Service Daily Newscast, June the 13th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. One in five LGBTQ adults in the U.S. are not registered to vote. During Pride Month, we head to Minnesota, where an organization is ramping up efforts to help improve those numbers ahead of this year's midterm elections. LGBTQ voters turned out in high numbers in the 2020 election. But James Darville with Outfront Minnesota suggests that's not always guaranteed in non-presidential cycles. He says community members often face an information gap about voting, including key dates and what's on the ballot. And there are other barriers. A lot of folks who are in the LGBT community, including um, folks of color, you know, usually work jobs that do not allow them to take the proper time off to vote. Outfront Minnesota is running voter registration drives during Pride festivals around greater Minnesota. I'm Mike Moen. And Ohio's overdose crisis has been heavily linked to the use of prescription painkillers or heroin. But that's not the case anymore. Health officials now warn that historic levels of overdose deaths are being exacerbated by the availability of counterfeit pills laced with fentanyl, a potent and deadly synthetic drug. Executive Director of the Partnership for Safe Medicines, Shambir Imbur Safdar, says these fake pills are being sold as prescription painkillers, such as OxyContin, the anxiety drug Xanax, and stimulant medications. There's a lot of young people who take Adderall, and they're not particularly careful about where they get their pills. So I think we're going to see a rise in deaths in the 16 to 24 age range from fake Adderall made with fentanyl. In May, two Ohio State University students died from suspected use of fake Adderall pills laced with fentanyl. Ohio is expected to report more than 5,200 overdose deaths for 2021, compared with just 327 in 1999. Mary Sherman reporting. And from the New York Times, perhaps the headline you thought you would never hear, Senate negotiators announced Sunday... They had struck a bipartisan deal on a narrow set of gun safety measures. They are said to have sufficient support to move through the evenly divided chamber. The Times reports the agreement was put forth by 10 Republicans and 10 Democrats and endorsed by President Dipe. It includes enhanced background checks to give authorities time to check the juvenile and mental health records of any prospective gun buyer under the age of 21. The Times notes there's also a provision that would, for the first time, extend to dating partners a prohibition on domestic abusers having guns. This is PNS. Despite opposition from the GOP-led state government, Texans continue to support expansion of Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. That's according to a statewide poll by the Episcopal Health Foundation. The organization's Brian Sasser says more Texans are uninsured than any other state, and the majority of those polled said they support Medicaid expansion. In addition to increasing access to health insurance coverage, he says 56% of Texans want candidates running for office to lower the cost of prescription drugs. Access and affordability always rise to the top when it comes to what lawmakers and policymakers should look at when addressing the most important issues Texans think about. The Texas Medical Association estimates that 5 million Texans lack health insurance coverage, including nearly 1 million children. I'm Roz Brown. Expansion of Medicaid would immediately cover 1.4 million Texans, with the federal government handling more than 90% of the initial cost. 
Rural hospitals in Nevada and across the country will be in dire economic straits. That's once the COVID funding runs out, according to a new report. Researchers at the Bipartisan Policy Center found that 441 rural hospitals have multiple financial risk factors. Report co-author Julia Harris says 116 hospitals closed between 2010 and 2019, and then the pace slowed during COVID. So the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan really did a lot to stave off more hospitals from closing. But that aid mask, the fact that the underlying finances of rural hospitals continue to deteriorate, especially with new pressures brought on from the pandemic. I'm Suzanne Potter. Finally, Eric Tegedoff tells us relief for a nationwide baby formula shortage could be coming soon. But in the meantime, bare shelves have become a scary sight for parents. The shortage stems from February, when Abbott Nutrition voluntarily recalled products manufactured in its Michigan plant over fears they may have been contaminated. T.R.E. Santa is the Oregon Health Authority's state director of WIC, a federal program that provides supplemental nutrition assistance to low-income women and children up to age 5. Her program has been letting local agencies across the state know where formula is in stock. We send them out reports on which stores have redemptions for different types of formulas so that they can work with participants to know, okay, if this store is redeeming lots of Similac or Infamil or store brand products, that means they must have some supply there and encouraging participants to try to go to those stores. If parents are considering formula alternatives, the OHA advises them to first call their pediatrician for recommendations. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member endlessly supported, heard on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.